You guys ready? Welcome back to Two Homers and a Realist. This is Game Week, boys. OU, Arizona, the big bowl game, Valero, Alamo Bowl. I'm Steve. Lucas. Connor. And as always, the midweek pod. For I believe the last time this season, we'll have to review the contract and and make sure we are in uh, complete um, compliance with that. Yeah. But for the last time, I believe our sponsor is Fluke Loop Fishing, the YouTube channel. Fluke Loop Fishing brings you feel good fishing content and honest reviews of equipment and tackle. Please go watch, like, and subscribe. I know I've learned a lot about fishing by watching him, and um, he'll help you with everything fishing related we're hopeful to have him back as a sponsor um for midweek pods in the future but we've got a lot to talk about here to make it worthwhile his sponsorship we we got a big game it doesn't feel like it it's like all of a sudden it's football again it's kind of weird yeah we've had month layoff yeah i mean we've had these games that are like glorified high school games at that and i don't even mean texas high school it's kind of like just like kansas high school football or something going on in the bowl games now, finally, we're about to get real bowl games going with real teams. Um, some of them wanting to play, some of them not. Kind of a mixed bag there, so we'll see what, what to expect. We'll have locks of the week later to talk about as far as that goes. But All right, what, what do we think, guys? We, uh, I'm going to be down at the game. I plan on being there as well, yeah. I'll be there. All right, there we go. Yep. Jay, you're going to uh, be there? Yeah. Jay's not even here oh, right now. Man. Jay's not. Jay's, he's so much not going to be at the game, he's not even here right now. <laughs> He's enjoying some family time in Brandon, yeah, America. True, true off-season form. He is, yeah. He just he checks out after recruiting's done. If it ain't playoffs, he ain't bothering. So we got we got some uh, takes from Jay though. We, he he supplied us with some thoughts to share later on. Um, I would say that obviously the number one thing I think for Sooner fans is what is the Jackson Arnold experience going to look like? What does the Seth Latrell offense look like? Uh, we just want to see good quality play out of our defense. But the excitement's going to be when OU's on the field offensively, when they have the ball, what are they doing? What is the – I mean, how many jet sweeps will we run? How many of the left versus right? I know? think you have to first play run a jet sweep <laughs> in honor of Jeff Lebby. Him. <laughs> yeah. In honor of Jet Lebby. Jet Lebby, man. <laughs> That's a – Wow. Well, I hope we don't run any unless they're highly successful, which might be even more bitter if, like, we run one with great execution in the right <laughs> to time. To get Pet away in there, and he yeah. just, like, takes off for yeah. 60 yeah. yards. Yeah, not Freeman, not to the the, uh, the short side, we, the short side, the weak side, <laughs> when you roll another guy in front, therefore another defender comes yeah. into place. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But I, I'm, hope, I'm hopeful to see some good production. Obviously, we've got some question marks on offensive line. That's probably the number one question mark going into the offseason. Got a lot of holes to fill there. We had the Caden Green uh, debacle with him leaving, and so that left a big hole, and we, we, all, we already had some needs to fill there. So that's going to be tough, and we may get a glimpse at answers in this bowl game. That's about the most we can expect. Well, Walter Rouse is going to play, and that's Trey Matar, I really liked what he said. He essentially said he wasn't going to throw Jackson out to the Bulls. McKay, McKay not, not no. Trey. What did I say? <laughs> Trey. Trey. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I don't need a flashback there. Uh, yeah, McKay Matower uh, came out and said he wasn't going to throw Jackson to the Wolves, essentially. So instead of sitting out the bowl game, he was going to go in there and do his job, which is great to hear. That is really good to hear. That's exciting. I, I, think, I, I think Brent's going to have them pumped up. I think they're going to be um, – game face on they got a lot to prove they got a lot to build on I, I, I like the fact and i think this is the way they're going to position it it sets the tone for the offseason it sets the tone for next year you you have a lot of things to build off of versus if it was in a weird limbo if jeff levy were still here you'd have one of two things going on he might be looking for a job and that kind of feels awkward all around or it may not be a warm embrace all around but i think there's going to be a lot of love and a lot of support everywhere from the fan base to throughout the program, so I expect that it's going to be a really good opportunity to sort of set the tone of where they want it to be, um, maybe much better than even what last year's bowl game was able to do, and that was a successful bowl game other than we lost. Yeah, and um, I think I think they're, last year this time we're talking about how big of a, a moral victory it would be for this team to, to get to that seven-win mark, have a, a true winning record, um, and, you know, very different situations. I think it's 
it's a really great testament to what we've done this year that we're already in that that double-digit win column. Um, but to move to 11 wins in his second season um, under a lot of the criticism that he faced and that the team faced after last year uh, would be massive. So it's it's a weird game. Like, Arizona is not an exciting opponent for me. Um, for anyone. For, for, for yeah, Arizona for, State. They look really good the last four or five weeks of the season. But, and, and exactly, it's a, they, they look like a <laughs> – they look like a team that's been put together and that, you know, on we talked rise. about it. They're on the rise. And it's going to be the biggest game that they've played in a very long time. So um, they're going to be up for it. Steve, to what you said a moment ago, I think Brent is going to have the, the players ready. I think he's going to have the staff ready. I think between Seth Luttrell and, and Joe John Finley, they're going to want to come put a kind of a preliminary stamp on – on what they want to start establishing as an offensive identity for them, hopefully. Um, and then you add in the, the Jackson-Arnold uh, factor. I think he's going to be just as eager to show us and, and show the fan base holistically um, what we have to look forward to going into a very, very difficult and challenging 2024. It's going to be interesting to see what the uh, – we might actually get some normal officials for this game mm-hmm. since they won't be Big 12. Mm-hmm. So that may be to our benefit that we we might actually get a holding call when we're rushing the passer. Yeah, that'd be amazing. To I see. wonder where they will be from. <clears throat> uh, ACC something. It just it from something it, it be from different. Might conference. be SEC. Wouldn't it be interesting if it was SEC? Yeah, they, they probably shied away from that too. Yeah, seeing as how we're going in. Big Ten maybe. Uh, so that's that's something to keep an eye on. That we may actually get a couple calls correct in this game, which would be nice. <laughs> um, I I do worry that Arizona. Is a little bit like us last year, except we, we didn't get – we played a lot of good games and didn't come out on top there. You know, we had, what, four losses by less than three points or something like that or six points. There was some yeah. something, some number where we – a lot of one-possession games that we didn't come out on top. Where Arizona's five. kind of done the opposite towards the end of their season where they actually started winning those games. Right. And so they may be looking at this bowl like we looked at our bowl last year. Probably true. Where they want to come in and perform well to show that they're ready for the next season because they're, they're going to a different conference, the Big yep. 12. Yep. Um, and so this would be a good gauge for them to see a team coming out of the Big 12, what their competition is going to be like, even though obviously we're – Mm-hmm. You know, towards the top of the heap of the conference. To be honest, my expectations, though, in respect to all of that, favor OU a lot because OU is just a bigger program that's better put together. Their preparation is going to OU's preparation is going to be better. It's going to be superior, I think, across the board. Their drive, the just top to bottom, that gives OU an advantage. Now, maybe that's all reflected in the spread already, where OU is not favored. But it seems to me that. All of those intangibles favor OU. That Arizona is a weak program in a weak conference, leaving their conference under different terms than OU is leaving their conference. Um, so I, I think that, I don't know, it, it's hard for me to expect that they're going to take a lot out of that. They also might just get kind of big eyes about being in, where were they last year? Did they, did they, I don't think they even went no. to a bowl. I don't know. I don't think they um, did. This may be enough for them, whereas for us, it's a stepping stone. Now, that could work to our detriment if we feel like we underachieve, but I don't think it will with Jackson Arnold and everything's new and fresh. I think everybody, it's kind of a a no-pressure game. I mean, you go in, how much better is it to be a three-point dog than a three-point favorite? If you're a three-point favorite, expectations are high. It is a little, maybe a little tougher to get the locker room behind. Let's work hard and make sure we prepare well. You can kind of get their attention. You're a dog. They're... Uh, they're coming in to take your place in this league, in the Big 12, and um, you you get a little pride issue going. So hopefully that all works in their favor. I'm sort sort of talking like a homer, believing it's all going to. But I do think the intangibles favor OU in a lot of respect there. Well, and you said it really well, I, and I completely agree. Like, I mean, nationally, the the story is that OU loses Dylan Gabriel, and they're not going to be a team who can do what they've done this year and win and win football games, and. To your point, my expectation is the same. We are a bigger program, and with that we comes better players and better coaching, better preparation. Um, across the board, you know, we are, we're the blue chip in this, right? So um, it is interesting the narrative that's been spun to not only just from what 
the the money lines are saying, but what the betters are saying with with where the line is at and where it's stayed. Um, it is a lot of a low a low pressure situation to your point, Steve, because you know all we can do is go win the game and prove everybody wrong. And it's a really good opportunity for us to, you know, putting it in a, maybe a cheesy way, but punch them in the mouth and, mm-hmm. you know, say, no, you belong there. We are up here. Um, and that's what I expect to see and what I really hope to see. But so. outside the quarterback <clears throat> leaving and, you know, Caden Green left. So there's another offensive starting lineman. Um, who else Who else have we had leave? We're only down two two. Starters. Okay, so in that aspect, we're down Green and Guyton. If Dylan Gabriel was playing in this game, and Rain, sorry, Green and Rain, what would the line be? If, if Gabriel was playing, if this was, I think OU'd be favored. If both teams were fully staffed mm-hmm. going into this game, OU would probably be seven to nine point favor. Probably, uh, I don't know. I don't know about. I think that. people like Arizona. I think I would. I was going to say know. between four and a half and six and a half. So I mean, look ballpark. at the records. Yeah, we went ten and two. What are they at? Eight and nine four, and three, nine and three. They went nine and three. I was thinking they were eight and four. I think you're on to something. I mean, it's just we're splitting hairs. How much would OU be favored by? And I think that's well, really my, the story. my point is, <clears throat> I mean, when you're basing it off of just programs, obviously our program is way way ahead of theirs, but they're they're moving up too, and this could be. I don't think it'll be a Boise situation where we come in overlooking them no not at all i there's still going to be something in the back of their mind that this is arizona what i also say they're not oklahoma they're not boise state that kind of thing they're not anywhere close to boise state no of 2005 2006 vintage this is not even close so uh, i don't want to take them lightly and they're favored for reasons but by the same token dylan gabriel not playing in this game i think has become the narrative for a lot of betters in the in the vegas market so they may get a, a rude awakening as to how good we are without Denley Gabriel. I think about something that we've always talked about um, almost to the point that it's like a mythical problem of the backup quarterback that we play against who beats us. You don't want to play against somebody you haven't prepared for, and you don't have a lot of film on Jackson Arnold. But also, how many backup quarterbacks are as good as Jackson Arnold? Right. There are not many. There are not many programs who could say, we're not losing that much to the degree we're losing anything by moving from the starter to this guy. I mean, right. obviously you're not got the experience. He doesn't have the depth. He doesn't have – it's going to potentially come out. If it's a close game down in the trenches at the end, it could be something that he doesn't have what it takes to get it done. I mean, he proved it at BYU that he but did. But he did. He did. He did prove it at BYU. I think about that too. So he's got Even a Even though we didn't have a great offensive performance in that game. Right. In clutch time, when it mattered, he got it done. He did. In, in, in a critical way. Now, Arizona is much better than BYU. Yes. Yes, they are. Some degree better. And I don't think that moxie that we're, we always talk about with him, and, you know, if I was a neutral in this and, and thinking through it, you know, you could say, oh, well, everyone is talking him up, and that moxie is going to turn into cockiness, kind of like what it did with maybe like a Spencer Rattler or something like that. I don't think, at no. least from everything we've seen, everything we've heard, the interviews we've had with him, etc., um, general vibe from other players that have talked about Jackson. I don't. I'm not concerned that that moxie is going to turn into him trying to do too much and play hero ball and yes, say I am. I, so I am the guy. Now I'm going to go try to do all this crazy stuff to show you guys that I'm the guy and look forward to. It. I think he's going to go in there, and I think what I expect is to while he is fresh and green and, and young, I expect some sort of presence to be like, man, this kid is. This, this is that mature backup that other programs, Steve, to your point, don't have. This is a kid that's been able to come, step up, step into a, an elite program and offense and run it like someone who's been here and not this, you know, fresh off the boat freshman who, who is that big-eyed kid, you know? Do you think with the patchwork offensive lineman, the game plan might be similar to the Hurts game plan? Where you you get two looks at your receivers and, and then you take off running. I think so because you're probably not going to have the time That's that you would, that you would want. I would hope so to try to throw a needle through a you know mm-hmm. in there between three guys or Absolutely. whatever that we know he can do or right. get the protection but, that you need to have right. for that. So do you just take off after two reads? I would think so. Again, this is maybe just my optimism, but in contrast to a Jeff Levy system where I think the stubbornness was we're going to do what we do and we're going to stick with it. 
I would be worried about Jeff Levy if same situation, he's the offensive coordinator and we've got this makeshift offensive line that he doesn't realize an update for the fact that we've got that and he doesn't adapt the game plan. I expect they will. Um, what little I know about Seth Luttrell, I think he's not afraid to have him run the ball and put wrinkles in like that. So I expect that's going to be there. I well, don't know. You don't want to run him too much because no. if you had a catastrophic injury, well, that's what I was about to say. you're, slide. you're slide. screwed next just, season. Just right. Slide. Absolutely. Because as of now, we... Our backup quarterback is Michael Hawkins, who finished high school last week. Right. <laughs> and is practicing with the team this week, but right. obviously can't play in the game. Right. But Bevel's transferring. No, you don't want to make a risk. Booty's not no a risk. guy. So outside of you having to go find somebody in the portal post, you know, bowl games. Yeah. No. You, no. you can't risk anything major. No, please don't risk that. I don't think they're that dumb. <laughs> I don't think they'll do that. I don't think he's so dumb that he'd get himself in that. But, but that makes me wonder if, if if he'll have the hurt style where. Two reads, take off running, and slide. And slide. Or, but yeah. he's not a slider. We, we've seen in-game action. <laughs> he tries to run people over. Right. And well, he can, though. He, yeah, but he can, he's, yeah. he's had a month knowing that he's the guy that he right. knows he can't do that. And he played baseball, so he knows how to slide. Yeah. So I, Yeah, I'm not too worried about that. I just don't worry too much about a bonehead decision on his part that gets himself into trouble. I hope not. I do think that my worries would be that he's running for his life, the offensive line can't protect, we can't rush the ball. And then all bets are off. He could make big mistakes. He could throw the ball poorly in a number of ways. One could, he could just overthrow wide open guys. And we probably can't afford to have that happen. We're not going to be productive enough to allow a few overthrows or bad throws. He could also be running for his life and just gets hit way more than you want him to get hit either in the backfield. I'll be or surprised if he underthrows field. guys. I would be real surprised if he <laughs> underthrows guys. I bet those streak routes will be streak routes and not stop routes. <laughs> So we'll see. Um, but I think that's the, the general mood and, and the expectation. Uh, let, me, let me transition into Jay's points because they kind of reflect some of that. He texted me some things he wanted us to make sure we talked about. He said, his only concern in this game is the O-line. If it can handle its own, we should be fine. Give Jackson Arnold enough time to go through reads, enough holes for Sawcheck to get good yards. The defense should be as healthy and rested as it's been since the start of the season. That's a great point. Yeah, we Gentry should be full that. strength. That that's a really important thing. Unless he needs surgery in the offseason, we don't know on a shoulder. But everybody else should be very well rested. Fifteen extra practices can really advance players. He mentions, and these are all important ones: Bowen, PJ, Canick, Kip, Gentry. Um, that's so true. And there's it. Kind of the list goes on and on. The extra fifteen practices. Um, He's getting more excited as the game gets closer. Uh, will be a good win, maybe not nationally, but 11 wins, and that's a great point, is a very good achievement and a springboard into next season. If Jackson Arnold struggles, it won't really change my thoughts on next season, but if he looks like he is fully in control and game isn't too fast, then I'm definitely more optimistic about next year. So I think those are thoughts that reflect a lot of what we've been saying here for sure. I would agree with those uh, wholeheartedly. Um, I think kind of what he said at the last alludes to the poll, the poll that we that yeah. we um, put up as well. And yeah, we um, so results wise, but Steve, we were talking earlier about it. After you read through that uh, results itself themselves, um, you had an interesting take that I think so. Is a little so the contrary. poll that we put out there, and we we it's still going. It's got uh, a day and eleven hours left. So go out and vote. Uh, make your vote count. How does Jackson Arnold's bowl performance shape your expectations for next season? And the, the idea was a good or bad performance would equal higher, lower, or no effect on your expectations. So the choices, four choices, um, two of them would be a bad performance lowers your expectations. Um, and that could be associated with a good performance raises your expectations or a good performance has no effect. And then if it's... Um, uh, bad performance has no effect in either case. Does the good give you a, a higher expectation or the good has no effect? So no effect, no effect. And actually leading the way right now is a bad performance has no effect, but a good performance has a higher effect. I think that's how at least one, or if not both of you guys Yeah, that's voted. kind of some homerism there where you just overlook if he does something bad, but then you hype up when he does something good. Maybe. But yeah, that's what maybe. I voted for, believe it or not. I voted, well, I, I, I voted and I could spin this homer ways as well. I voted bad equals lower, good equals no effect. I've got really high expectations. So I think he's going to do really well. And if he has a good performance, that just confirms what I already believe. 
So I'll say, I'm an optimist. I think he's just going to be good. If it's bad, I'm going to have to lower my expectations a little bit. That's where I, I come back and say, oh, I'm, I'm, and I'm thinking truly he looks bad. Yeah, I, not I was, the offensive I line, based not mine more else. off of offensive line struggling and brand new play calling. Then I would agree with that. Because obviously we've seen the arm talent. He's got it. We've seen right. him make heady plays. He's got that too. Mm-hmm. We've seen the accuracy. He's got that. So when I was saying bad performance, it wasn't, I don't think any of those things going to be worse. I mean, he's only going to get better in, in that aspect. It's true. But if he's running for his life and throws across his body. Bad think, decision. Yeah, and it's an interception. Um, or, you know, he, he's running and takes a hard hit and fumbles the ball. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. Oh man, now I'm worried about this guy. Right. I just won't right. think that after this game. But if he comes out and lights it up and does everything that mm-hmm. I think he can do, that'll give me even more hype than. Yeah, I think he could. Even though I'm pretty way. hyped. Obviously, we've been calling for him all season. Yeah. So obviously, we're all hyped about yeah. him. But I think that would give me even more optimism going into next year. That man, he really does mm-hmm. have the goods because I've seen it now. And you know? I think I'll see what I want to see. Yeah. I think you. I think you. I think you will too. And I, Lucas, to your point, I, I love that. I'm a little taken off uh, by or taken aback by your outlook, um, <laughs> but I appreciate it. Um, I, I I agree. I I think I would love nothing more. A a win going into the off season always just feels it feels so much better. We've we've talked about the positives from the Florida State game. If we win that game last oh year, ten and two feels a lot more you know tangible going into this season than what maybe And I think we it does were. position you ever so slightly nationally with a better, a better narrative. Yeah, it does. And like and Jay's saying about 11-game season, they, they look back at just a record. And right. they see that. They see a, a winning record last year and you beat a Florida State team. I That would have translated into more And that helps you in the year. polls, too. Like when the, when the committee, when we start off unranked and then come to the end of the season, you post up our record against Ole Miss – Missouri and Penn State, mm-hmm. to me, our record was still better than any of theirs Absolutely. because they were going off quality losses and not quality wins. But if we'd have beat Florida State going into this season, we're still unranked, but the narrative I don't is. No, we might have been ranked. We might have been. The narrative 20. is still a, a little more thoughtful in OU's case. So maybe maybe you move up quicker in the rankings and oh, therefore so. you're, you're number nine going into that last weekend instead of. 11 or 12 or whatever mm-hmm. and not not getting into the spot that you were we unranked going into the season or going into the first game yeah yeah we just went six no and seven. weren't we, were. we 19 or 20 just like in 2000 were we yeah i thought we, we were. were i think we were 19 yeah yeah we were we we're 19 mm, we're okay. right there but I, no i think it would have just slightly improved you I yeah think, i and, think and it might have been yeah, the, I mean, and starting in, in preseason polls even though the committee allegedly doesn't look at that, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah, you know that that helps. If, we know they're correct. If you're, higher, if you're higher ranked at the beginning of the season, it can do nothing but help you in those cases. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I definitely think so, that for sure. winning this game would go a lot in the next season, getting us a top 10 ranking. But, then it, but it just goes into, I mean, we've got nine months to think about this. A positive performance, not just from the team, but from Jackson himself, to be able to, to hold on to that for nine months and then gearing up, you know, looking at the daunting schedule that we have next year to be able to hold on to any sort of positivity and not just positivity, but um, maybe strong performance. Positive momentum. Yeah, that we can put forth uh, in a couple of days. It's going to go a long ways with the team and with the fan base, with the national pundits and everything. So, I mean – I want to see in, in the month of August when they're doing this, you know, SEC schedule breakdowns and stuff like that. I want to see highlights of Jackson Arnold all over the place ripping through Arizona and making the throws that yeah. we think and, you know, even I'll say no, he can make. Right. Um, because it's going to go a long ways. And yeah, I would love to see like a Kirk Herbstreet and all those pundits saying, I'm looking forward to seeing Jackson Arnold this season, showing that, you know, the highlights are going in the background as they're saying – Look at this throw. Let's see what if he can do this throw against Alabama. Let's see if he can do this throw against Tennessee. When they right. go down to Auburn, what's going to happen? So that's that's pretty exciting. And you, yep. you definitely want some of it. And you won't have a lot of that on tape unless he has some performances here. Have, he has some. He has definitely some I mean, highlights already this year. Think about us Think about us going into this season with Sawchuck and Barnes. We, we watched him play really well in the Florida State game. And we came into this season like, oh, look, watch out. We got Sawchuck and Barnes. We can't wait to see what they're going to do this season. Right. 
And then, obviously, Jeff Lebby's sorry, but and their injuries didn't do anything with them. Yeah. But at least we had that late in the season. At least we but, had. Yeah. That. Right. I mean, there was a reason. There was a reason that we all said in the the front end of the season or the front half of the season, our running game is n- not going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Like, we, look at who we've got back there. Yeah, and we and weren't we, worried about it. Right. So, I I want to not be worried about any, and I, we won't be. I'm not going to be this game, Lucas. To your point, I'm not going to be. You know, it's not going to make or break whether I'm worried about Jackson Arnold, but. I'd much rather have some positive things to take away yeah, from the game for sure. than have to say, like, yeah, uh, you know, to win. made some freshman mistakes this game. Yep. He's bound to get better type of rationalization behind all of it. No, because it, it matters. On the other side, Oregon has all of the Dylan Gabriel highlights, has all the Dylan Gabriel stuff that they're going to get to lean back on mm-hmm. and the number two rated player or number or top five rated player in the portal and all this other stuff. So yeah. um, I want that, but I want it with Jackson. No, it's, it's interesting because it makes it where this bowl game does matter. And bowl games, a lot of them don't matter at all. But this matters a lot. We've been talking about how it matters for both of these teams in particular. And you can read into any game having some, some material effect. But, like, I'll pick on one that's going to be tomorrow night, and that's Oklahoma State. Isn't tomorrow night Oklahoma State versus A&M? Yep. yep. I think that I don't know really what to get out of that game. I mean, A&M probably has some things to look forward to and say we're building for our future. It's our new coach. Somewhat of our new lineup, I don't know. They're still in flux. For Oklahoma State, I don't know if you can build on a lot of that. Everything's so in flux for them and changing. Well, they've got Ollie Gordon coming back and Bowman petitioned to get another year. I don't know what his reasoning is, honestly. Yeah. But say say he gets another year, it's a pretty solid start if you're coming into next season with Bowman and, and Ollie Gordon. And in that case, you're saying – we have a chance to compete for the Big 12 title, therefore get a slot in the in the playoff. So I'm sure OSU that's fans true. are looking at that that's game true. the same way we're looking at our game. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably true. They're just their expectations need to be a little tempered. <laughs> I don't. If if so, I think those are unrealistic expectations. As far as a program goes, I don't know if it means the same thing. And I don't know. And maybe that's my doubts about Mike Gundy. I don't know if Mike Gundy can. One of his shortcomings as a coach, I think, is his ability to translate success into continued success he he seems to lose momentum and start from scratch every year it's a little bit like lsu yeah except on a different scale uh-huh you know lsu will win a national championship and then have Get reset have an, a nine and three and then an eight and four and then next thing you know they're 12 and 0 firing I mean, the coach and a new guy yeah and here we go it's a little bit like that it is but it's a lot of his has to do with recruiting they just when you're when you're when you're recruiting the 50th and 57th i yeah. mean you just you can't well, you can't continue to do that. Well, you look at the recruiting. I mean, when you're next to last in the Big Twelve, which they were, um, I don't I don't know where you go from there. You know who wasn't next to last? Oklahoma. How many guys were we after? Twenty. Well, I mean, how many did we expect? How to many sign? did we expect? Twenty seven. How many did we sign? Twenty seven. Yes, we did. So I think I think that machine is rolling just the way they'd like it. Obviously, you're missing on some. You're. You're, you're, you're not going to get everybody. You're having to go to a secondary pick in some cases throughout the course of the re- whole recruiting cycle. But all in all, a top 10 class, getting the guys you need to get, it seems like they're reloading in the right positions. If I had to criticize, I'd say we are going to have to refocus efforts on offensive line going forward. That's the shortcoming. Something probably has to be a shortcoming, though, when you're limited to 25-plus guys. You can't get everybody everywhere. And it's a building process. I'm real excited about this class, though. It seems like you just right on schedule. We got it's some dudes. Getting the dudes you need to get, and <laughs> yeah. we got some dudes. Well, and it's it's easy to get lost in the sauce a bit because of all of the drama that goes on and the transfer portal and everything else. Yeah. And the thing that I, I would say, and maybe this is just because I'd, I'd obviously be excited if we got any of these big names out there in the portal, but I think a lot of what we're doing right now is, like you said, it's so – just on task it's per the plan that i think venables wants methodical and it's it's boring for a reason yeah. it's boring because it's working yeah, boring and there's good. no there's the, the i mean if we can say that caden green is our biggest you know flare up in this whole thing between now and when the window closes and and when the the signing after this after the signing day that happened a couple <coughs> weeks ago um that's a that's a big deal I mean, there's there's some of these programs that are hemorrhaging players, and you've got other programs like Missouri who are collecting players like they are, you know, at Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. at Ole Miss, um, like their kids on the playground trading Pokemon cards. Like, it's crazy. But what I'll say is, 
there's a reason that there's a reason that we're not getting some of these kids. And I think a big reason of that is Venables and staff don't want kids like Caden Green or the Chris McClellan kid who, you know, is was a dude at Florida, um, was an in-state kid here. Sucks that he's not here. But at the same time, from other stuff I've read and seen, the work ethic isn't there. And we're not just taking kids to say we're putting this guy on our roster and, you know, we're going to we're going to change him, etc. And again, there are some of the kids that I, I know we'd love to have, <laughs> like some big time, some big time kids out of uh, Texas A&M who, like you said, Lucas, everyone seems like they're landing either Missouri, but especially Ole Miss. Ole Miss is like, I'll see something. They built an entire defense. Uh, yeah. I mean, but what, but what's great about it is, yeah, we signed 27 guys and your hit ratio on those is going to be what? 12, 12 of those guys work out, and then you go get three or four starters from a portal every season. Yep. Well, over time, you, you end up doing, hopefully, what Bama and George have done, and they sign 25 guys, and 18 of those guys pan out. And then they, and go, get, and then they go get two guys in the that's portal. That's a big difference. And you, go, you, you hit on 18 out of 27 instead of 12 out of 27 over multiple signing classes, and next thing you know, your two deep is sick. And we're not claiming the 27 will only be a hit of 12. But if history is a yeah. guide, we're going to have to build our way there. I like the methodicalness. And, again, this could be a homer spin on it. But when I look at a contrast between how we're doing it now versus the atmosphere back a few years ago, if you remember the videos of Lincoln Riley being filmed, talking to a kid, celebrating, high-five, screaming, we got him. It was a giant celebration. And I'm not opposed, and I think they do probably celebrate when they get these kids, but it's not the same way. That was almost like an unearned victory. That was like a team that pulls it upset and, and charges the field when they're beating the team that everyone wants to beat versus being the team that everyone wants to beat. Mm-hmm. And now we're the team that's or trying to become one of those teams at that pinnacle that just goes about their business getting those top classes and doesn't sit there and, and high-five and celebrate to an excess as if they pulled an upset, as if they got something that wasn't expected. It's like, no, we got these guys. Yeah, of course you're coming to Oklahoma. It's, it's time, and it's back to the Switzer days, and he celebrated kids like, like anybody better than anybody, but his line was, we're going to win championships with you or without you. Yep. And that's the way we need to get to that, that mindset. And, God, in contrast, to bring him up, Lincoln Riley, he's in a tailspin. It, it does not look good. It it's is wild. If he's not going to the NFL. <laughs> but he is. It's going to be really, really bad. Well, we'll see. If he's not, oh, my God. <laughs> you're, telling me, you're telling me they're not going to win the, the Big Ten Championship? With I'm Will, saying with they're Will, not going to win. With Will Howard? If they're not going to win, he still hasn't committed. They're not going to be the best team in that. Has he really not? No, he still hasn't. Will Howard? Howard is not committed. He still hasn't committed to USC. Really? Last time I saw, unless something's wow. changed in the last couple of days. Wow, that's. I mean, you talk about bad. You, I mean, Lincoln's the best offensive coordinator in the country in my book, and if you can't go get the K State quarterback to come, what's be the going US, on? That's super weird. But it does say a lot about he was the best offensive coordinator ever when he had someone else's offensive line and as that transitioned away as that uh eroded over time the natural progression of losing guys and and rebuilding and the lack of dedication and help in that area it showed in performance year after year not to mention the defensive shortcomings so i i still think he's a brilliant offensive mind although i do think the defensive world has caught up to him yeah but when Um, you when you see those stats we're not counting back to 15. You're just most of the time when people look at that, they say, "Well, as a head coach, he went down an offensive line for these three years or whatever." But you also have to factor in the early years when he was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Obviously, he came in and some of those guys were there, but 17, 18—I mean, those were still great offensive lines. Well, yeah, but he was that he had to cultivate. Then. I mean, he was head coach in 17 and 18. So, I mean, he, well, he, he cultivated them, but they, oh, yeah. were, they were slipping. I mean, after 17, it starts to slip. 18 was a great offensive line, and that was it. Well, and I that think the biggest thing, and again, um, maybe the, the Jalen Hurts offensive line was good. Good, but not as great as it was, and the performance showed. I mean, he had to get, he had to get Jalen Hurts, too, which uh, is an interesting stat. If you look back at the um, last, uh, like, 10 leading OU quarterbacks, they're all transfers. 
Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's uh, crazy. It's a it's a nut stat. I mean, if you look back at how many have transferred in, no, the la- when's the last time? There's a trivia question. When's the last time a guy was a starting quarterback at OU and and started and ended his entire career at OU? Probably um, Landry. It'd probably be Landry. Well, Blake Bell, but in a different position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so he transferred positions. Yeah, because Trevor Trevor left. Yep. Obviously, Baker, Kyler, Jalen. Yep. Rattler didn't stay. Didn't stay. Dylan yep. Gabriel didn't stay. Caleb Williams didn't stay. All those stay. other guys, Mordecai, all the, you know, run through the list. Yep. Chad. Top Morris, to bottom. Yeah, literally, guys. it was yeah. it was Landry. Anyway, it's. One of the best spots in OU history. Got <laughs> by all, stats. Got all the records. <laughs> got got a, uh, yeah. He gets right. too much hate. I love Landry. I love Landry, too, but he's. he's we need to get Landry I think his, uh, his stats get too much publicity out of guys of that vintage. Fans of that vintage, I think. Look at those stats and get a little bit enamored with them. You know, Baker's stats, career stats, are, are pretty damn close, and he didn't have as many tries. <laughs> he had more headwinds, so I don't know. And Landry's great. I love him for what he was uh, for OU, and he's a great OU quarterback for sure. But um, anyway, speaking of OU greats, we got to pay a little homage to a fallen Sooner, Ryan Miner, great basketball player. Um, one of my favorite players of all time. It is, it's, so it's the reason my brother always had the number 12. And it's not the reason Ava always wears 12, but she, it, there's, a, there's a connection there as well with number 12. And she didn't know who Ryan Miner was. She was, you know, she was born and he was moved on from OU and he was with the Orioles taking Cal Ripken's place, if you remember that trivia question. So, um, it, just a great, an unbelievable player, uh, great guy. He was two-sport athlete. When's the last time you had a two-sport star athlete that went that deep for that long? I mean, Kyler Murray was only one year in football. I mean, two years in football, but one year as a star, uh, one year as a star baseball player. He was, he was phenomenal. And really, um, if I remember my history right, if he would have left his junior year, would have had a great First NBA round career. Pick first round pick yep. he chose to come back was was big 12 player of the year i believe that year 90 94 he was big 12 player of the year mm-hmm. came back for another year and oh. to play baseball he was he was a he was a big eight player of the year in, in 94 so remind me did jock vaughn beat him for that or did bryant reeves beat him out for that it's all they're all in the same vintage <clears throat> and i remember it being a screw job and i can't remember he what won, it was he won it in 94. he did win but he lost one when he should have won it and then and 90, 90. 95, he came back and didn't quite have as good of a year. Yeah. But the baseball side, they won great. the national yeah. championship. And he got drafted by, um, in the NBA. 76ers. By the 70, in the second round. 76ers, who already had a star from North Carolina, if I remember <clears throat> right. I, I can't remember. They, his position was taken. He got drafted by a team who already had a star in that position. And the luck of how that goes in the world, you, you just don't get another shot at it. But he did make the majors in two seasons, mm-hmm. which is pretty, I mean, that's pretty damn quick. It's, it's phenomenal. To go it's phenomenal. From, yeah. from going to being a rookie to making the yeah. majors in the second year. Yeah. You know, he was, he was great. The and Warriors. I remember there was nobody that could fight harder on a basketball court. He was... Uh, Him and Nahara were the two that I yeah. come to mind when I think about Both, tough you know, on the court. And he, he uh, back with Ernie Abercrombie and... Um, all those guys, they they just were in those scrappy Kelvin Sampson teams, putting eye black on, bringing their lunch pail, and kicking ass. Totally uh, blowing away expectations. He was just lethal as a power forward from the three point line. Well, he he started with Tubbs and then went to went yeah, and to then Kelvin. and then and yeah. then Kelvin came in. So anyway, um, sad to see him pass. I out. think forty nine. Is that right? Yeah, man. Yeah, he was just a that's, year older than me. That's so way too young. Way too young. Uh, really sad to see him. Uh, uh, tragically be taken. So hats off to Ryan Miner, special guy in a lot of our hearts. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about, we got the rest of the bowl season. I don't know how many games are interesting to us, but I want to talk a little bit about the college football playoff since we won't get a chance to talk about it and probably in the post game, which will be done sometime in the wee hours of the morning <laughs> Friday. Um, what are our expectations and what are our hopes? And those don't have to correspond for sure. What do you guys think is going to happen? What do you want to have happen? I want Texas to lose at all costs. Okay. (laughs) That's my number one goal in the bowl season, for Texas to lose. Is that going to happen? I don't know. I don't know how good Washington is. I'm the same way. I don't know how good Washington is. My my hope 
is Washington wins it all. My second hope is Michigan wins it all. My third hope, I don't know. Between mm. Alabama and Texas, I just it's don't know. <laughs> I hate them. I hate it both. I mean, Bama's in there illegitimately. I'm tired of Bama winning everything. I'm tired. I, I We would have the defending champions coming to Norman. Mm-hmm. Does that help sway you at all? Maybe, if yeah. If Alabama yeah, wins that's it. That's true, and that'd be a hell of a victory for yeah. the Sooners. We'd have the defending champions in in Dallas <laughs> in that <laughs> no, other scenario. That's the last thing. I'm oh really God, want. it'd be it'd be awful. It'd be we awful. don't want them idiots saying, "Oh, we won two since I the last time." Washington, Y'all won one. Michigan finals. Yep. And and I kind of don't care, but I'm for Washington. But I'm with you. I'm really scared that Texas, even with the guys that they're down, I'm really scared that they're more of a team than Washington is. I don't know how good Washington really is. Um, yeah, that game. I still don't know how good Texas is either. That game scares me. And again, it can, yeah, we can go. We can point back to a couple different ones. I mean, Arizona gave Washington a run for their money, um, almost beat them. K State. K State gave, gave Texas, Texas a run for their money, uh, should have beat them. Um, it's going to be, but I mean, you can look back at the games that Washington played against Oregon. Both of those played extremely well. You can look back at the game that Texas played and given Oklahoma State. We shouldn't have been on the same field as those guys, but the performance was still dominant um, in that Big 12 title game. I, the game concerns me. I want Washington to, to win, obviously. I'm concerned because I don't know if they can. And, Steve, it's more to what you say. I feel like Texas is probably more of a complete team. Um, I do think Michael Penix is someone who can will his team to victory. Um, I think he's a very strong uh, you know, leader in that in that locker room, and I I don't know who that is for Texas. Um, so, you know, if Washington can come out and play like they they have against Oregon in those those couple games, um, I think they should win the game. But I am concerned they won't. Other side, I'd love Michigan to win. Um, I don't think they will. I think Alabama will go out and assert that dominant. Um, Bama performance that they're they're used to putting on in the playoff, and I, I think they'll I think they'll dominate that game. I I'm shocked at the the current line of that Michigan Alabama game. Um, Michigan is riding a wave of high um, with the controversy that they face, their ability to to run the table, their ability to beat Ohio State, um, but I JJ McCarthy is not any good. Like it, and for a in the realm of elite quarterbacks, um, I don't think he's great. I, I think he's going to struggle a lot. Um, and Michigan has a great offensive line, and it, it's I think, and they have good running backs. So we'll see how far that can take him. And if JJ can make a couple of throws, you know, it's it's more of a game. But um, going to be a real defensive game. And Nick man, Saban, Nick Saban on that stage performs. Mm-hmm. If Michigan wins, is there an asterisk depending on what comes out in the investigation later? I don't think so. I don't think Could it be one be. where they strip them of their title if it turns out that this season they were sending, what was his name, Stallions? Well, Connor Stallions. Connor Stallions. Yeah, people named Connor. You can't trust him. Well, he spelled his name with an O. Mm-hmm. It's you all, do, too. It's all the same. Uh, no, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you so, do. So could there, C-O. <laughs> could there be an asterisk or and or title taken away later? That would be wild. That would be wild, and it'd be frustrating. It'd be doubly frustrating all the way down with this already frustrating playoff where – we're arguing about if Florida State should or shouldn't be in, and Bama's in, and if 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 yeah, I don't know. Either way, it's kind of. I mean, nasty. imagine this: Michigan beats Texas in the final, then Michigan gets her title stripped, and then Texas decides they're the nineteen forty-five. Cha- oh, sorry, the 20, <laughs> 2023 champions in, in sixty years. Even more they so. Petition for even it. more so. What if? And I know it's a long shot. What if Florida State pulls off the upset? <laughs> And they win. Beats, beats Georgia. It beats Georgia with half their squad if they, opting out. It would be crazy. That's more of a, that's a more, that would be more of a, that would be more of a legitimate claim than oh. a, a Texas team that got beat. Michigan gets stripped of their title, and then Texas gets it by default. Absolutely. Would you would have be. some votes circa the 2004 national championship season where we lost to LSU, and then USC yeah. claims an AP title for that season, or Auburn claims Even though, it in 2004? Even though there's a uh, oh four, yeah, I when we, that beat, was the, we got beat by, got USC. Beat by USC. Auburn was undefeated yeah. all the way down. Yeah. Coverville. I mean, I think even mind. more so if Florida State pulls off that upset, they deserve some kind of a trophy. I mean, US UCF I has mean, a national championship oh from twenty 
Somebody, it's in always in Florida. How about that? Um, yeah, I don't know. It, that would be wild. Now that, and what would be something they could really hang their hat on is no one gives them a chance in this game against Georgia. Seventeen, 17 and a half point, point yeah. underdogs. Um, actually, I see it at seventeen. But either way, it's it's colossal. If they could win that game, oh my God, that would be that'd be phenomenal. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I do. When I look at it just on paper in the, in the games, and I've seen a lot of all of those teams play, I just can't believe Michigan can put a full game together against Alabama. I don't either. I, I really just don't. don't see it happening. I just don't. Um, when I look at what they did against Iowa and these other teams, and maybe they chose to be one-dimensional, but if Nick Saban gets you one-dimensional, you're toast. Yep. You're dead. And I think a lot of the... the you know, the touted wins they have, really, the two. Penn State, not a great team in my opinion. Um, it, I know they have good players. I don't think they're very good. James Franklin can never figure out how to beat big teams. Still hasn't been able to do it. And then I think with Ohio State, I think that game was more of an exposure than anything else. Yeah, of, of Ohio of State. Ohio State's weaknesses. Um, Kyle McCord is not, a, not an elite quarterback either. I th- it was a great matchup in my opinion. But I think Michigan State's, or sorry, Michigan is more on the level of Ohio State, and Alabama, the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world, um, you maybe even a, a Texas of the world is even a tier or a step above um, what this Michigan team is. And I could be completely wrong. I mean, who knows? Yeah, Michigan may draw something up and may look like, I mean, what everyone nationally thinks they are. And and you you saw Alabama struggle; shouldn't have won. Needed a miracle to beat Auburn, who is not a good football, not a great football team this year. Very just average football team this year. Of course, that is a rivalry game uh, and all that goes into that. But I mean, Texas lost to an average team this year. Uh, they lost to a pretty good team this year. <laughs> um, they lost a hell of a lot better team than Auburn. Um, so I mean, we're ten and two, pushing eleven and one or twelve and zero if things are just a little bit different, right? So if we, if we could pick up know. first down at Kansas and get a and pick up first down slash get a and then the get right a, officiating and then get a pass oh. interference call against OSU it's mm-hmm. so painful yep. very painful so I don't know could have very easily been in the Big Twelve title game undefeated yeah, well, it could be could be in this playoff game against Washington yeah absolutely not even that we'd be I mean oh if we were that and we beat Texas we're we're pushing we're probably one. two. Behind Michigan? They probably yeah, behind Michigan. Behind probably. Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. No. Number two playing a number three Washington. In in uh the Sugar Bowl. That'd yep. be that'd be pretty good. Because I'd be in New Orleans right now. Yeah, we would be. <laughs> oh. yeah. 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 We would we Southie would probably would be out and would, about. I wouldn't be able, I'd probably be slurring right now. <laughs> Southie would be out and about. Mid December. <laughs> It'd be uh, we would have celebrated Christmas. Hand grenades and hurricanes <laughs> for days. <laughs> With some red red bean and rice for a couple of days. No, that'd be an absolute sure thing, um, you know. But we're not. We're not. But you know what is sure thing? I was talking to Fluke Luke the other day, and he said, you know, part of a great fishing uh, experience and being a great fisherman is knowing what ponds you're you're swimming in or fishing in, and you gotta you gotta pick the right ones. And he goes, you know, honestly, Steve, maybe your problem is you're just picking the wrong. The wrong ones when you go to pick your locks of the week. And I said, well, can you help me out? And so we did a little bit. So we're going to get to now the locks of the week. The realest deal, locks of the week. So the locks of the week, as always, are brought to you by, brought to us by, and you by, and all that, by Five Star Concrete. David and Josh are local businesses serving the metro area from patios, sidewalks, driveways, shops, and more. Call them or text them, 405-306-3014. Or look them up on Facebook, Five Star Concrete. So we got some locks of the week. This is our last chance for locks of the week, guys. Um, we don't quite have because we're doing this pod with the weird bold schedule a little bit early. We got a couple outstanding still. So far for the locks of the week last week, we're not great. We're no, not stellar. We've no, been fishing rough. in the wrong pond. It's pretty rough. I'm one and one. Connor's one and two. Lucas is zero oh and two. Jay's zero oh and one. There's some hope on the horizon, but we've got a lot of common opponent or common picks. It's not our fault. <sighs> it's not our fault. These players are yeah, playing. Yeah, we don't know who's playing. It's, it's, the upsets that are happening are absolutely absurd. They're crazy. They're Utah got, Utah made Northwestern. It's insane. Everything it is insane. crazy. It's insanity. It's dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. My record overall so far right now, 21 and 25 and 1. 
46%. Lucas is 28 and 20. No, Connor is 28 and 20 at 58%. Lucas is 26 and 21 at 55%. And Jay, 21 and 25 at 46%. That's just awful. Um, I didn't even look at what it is altogether. But we're going to turn all that around. We got some locks of the week. Going for last locks of the week of the year. All right, guys. Here we go. I'm going to start with Jay's. Jay has Bama getting two against Michigan. He has Georgia. He called that the lock of the century, giving 17 to Florida State. And he's got Oregon giving 17 to Liberty. So he's got a couple of uh, really big favorites, the biggest favorites out there that, uh, that are left at least. What was his South last Alabama. one? Huh? Liberty's what? Or- Oregon, Oregon 17 and a half Sub- over Liberty. Gotcha. I'm going to change it up a little bit um, as far as I've been shying away from OU, and it's one of our most successful picks, so I'm going to dive right into OU. OU getting three against Arizona. Jay wanted to take OU getting three against Arizona. Then he said, I don't want to jinx the team. Jay, I I usually would say that's crazy, but... It's Jay. (laughs) Thank you. SMU giving 10 against Boston College. And Penn State, the Fighting Franklins, giving three and a half to Ole Miss. What do you guys got? I've got OU as well, um, getting three against Arizona. I've got Tennessee giving seven and a half against Iowa. And I have Alabama getting two against Michigan. Not only do you have two common picks, read your picks, Lucas. I've got Miami plus one and a half against Rutgers. Tennessee minus seven and a half against Iowa. That defense can only hold up so long, and you exactly. know they're not going to score any points. They're not scoring. And then Clemson minus four against Kentucky. So, Connor, all three of yours are shared by at least uh, one other player uh, right. in this game. I like it. We'll see. We'll see how that breaks down. I, I like On paper, I like your picks. I really do. Um, I don't have any disagreement with anybody's picks there. I think you're right, Lucas, on Tennessee-Iowa. Um Man, I just think if they can score twice, it's done. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Truly. Just, that's it. That's crazy. The The worst-case scenario for Tennessee is something like a, a opening kickoff return for a touchdown by Iowa. In which case, you know, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You might lose 7-0. <laughs> and, and even if you win 10-7, to you're going to not win your bet. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully we can notch a few more victories here to close out a little more respectfully uh, for this year. But let's transition to talk about the OU game. Alamo Bowl is known as the uh, the heart of Texas, except for the heart of Texas Bowl. Um, I think that it has got a lot of reasons that OU is going to do well. I've obviously picked them, so to live up to OU going to cover by three, getting three, um, they're going to blow them out. It's going to be 45 to 24 Sooners. That's a lot of points. That's a, that's a Jackson Arnold, baby. A lot of points, absolutely. I like it. I don't think there's any doubt. What does like Jay it. have? Jay has the Sooners winning 34 to 30. Mm. He's got us uh, covering by seven uh, and a victory outright by four points. What do you guys think? Connor, what do you got? Uh Similar to Jay, um, I, I am hoping, Steve, uh, for more of yours, uh, your prediction, but I've got OU 31, Arizona 27. Okay. I have that exact same score, Connor. You do? Is, do. It, is it the exact same score? It, it's the same score line. It's the same numbers? 31-27, Arizona. Wow. Ugh. I just don't have a good feeling about this game. Wow, and you're going. So let me ask you about this. Yes, I'll be there. Let me ask you. It. Do you really see them scoring that many points on our defense? A healthy OU defense? I think a turnover in the game, whether it be I, – I feel like our offensive line just will not be good enough and that there will be a freshman moment where he scrambles out. And even though he has incredible arm strength, he tries to throw something across his body and he gets tipped. They run it back for t- either pick six or – Really good field position, and I, I think on a normal a normal game, our defense doesn't give up more than 20 points to this team. But I just think something weird will happen. Um, well, one thing that that can happen, and we've 
alluded to this as a risk, but not directly, is a new center, a new guy snapping the ball. Yeah. And a new guy receiving those snaps. Now, they've had a lot of time to work together, presumably, in these practices, but they haven't had all season to get everything in sync. And obviously, that can be uh, uh, an easy fumble that, that is in a, the, mo- the worst time possible. Um, so that, that's the kind of fumble that you would just say, damn it, that just right there yeah. takes it out of your hands. Who is our – is Troy Everett? I, I forgot. It's him or bait sounds like. I don't know. What did the depth chart say? I don't I recall. See it. They said Everett that. wasn't practicing last week, but that he's been practicing all this week. Mm. Well, I hope it isn't something like that, but that definitely can happen. Um, and and that's the kind of thing where I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much stock in it in terms of looking forward to the future. I wouldn't worry about that. That's the kind of thing that will get corrected <laughs> in the off season and through more practice. But um, it's not. Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you get a mistake like that, plus all the other ways you can have a mistake when you've got guys in a game. You could have a guy stretching the field trying to, to make a play that shouldn't. Um, you could have a receiver that runs sloppy. I mean, Farouk, as great as he is, has had a number of Fumble inopportune issues. fumbles. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. that can happen. Special you can teams, game issues. Freeman can drop a punt. We've seen it. Yep. Um, yeah. If, if they're just bound and determined to make him the punt returner, I mean, we've seen a couple of mistakes this year. Yeah. So our our, uh, our offensive line as it stands per the depth chart um, that was released a few days ago, we got Walter Rouse at left tackle, Caleb Schaefer, left guard. I believe this will be his first start, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Troy Everett lining up at center, uh, McKay Matower uh, at right guard, and Jacob Sexton, who's had some some games, some run late in the yeah, season. Yeah, he played the last right three tackle. games that so, started. You know, I we saw – I mean, I remember Arizona, Arizona was making – Caleb run for his life. Uh, that's really the only exposure that I've had to Arizona. But you know, with intent watching, um, and their offensive line is garbage, and it's bad. I, I think our offensive line is better, even with Sexton and uh, Everett. I think their up. quarterback. He's a dual threat guy. Yes, and he he can make plays. Mm-hmm. That that's got me a little concerned because we really. We really didn't face many dual threats this season. Um, well, the one that we did didn't run. Uh, the Cincinnati kid, the uh, the k- kid that played at Florida, yeah. he he was the the big dual threat that we faced, and he didn't use his yeah, legs hardly at all. I didn't run him at all. So um, Kansas guy, uh, Bean, Bean yeah, he, and he did. He, he did ran on yep. us some. Uh, that was when Stutzman was out in the second half. But I mean, and you almost you also wonder. How the the coaches obviously really want to win the game, but they also want to get a lot of these backups playing time. So, how much rest will they give Gentry and Woody and put Josiah Wagner in there? I think or, they get too competitive, though. Uh, I, I think don't so think they too. Want to I lose think it's going to be. Vickers, yeah, I think this or, is going to be a pretty competitive game in terms of the personnel that we see, unless it gets to a point where we're blowing them out and we have the opportunity to put those guys. Yeah, in. I think their attitude's going to be, no, we're going to get you battle tested and you're going to you're going to get you're not doing well in this game. I want you to get What what where we do the linebacker spot though? Because we saw that at the end of the season they moved um I think it'll be Stutz and Lewis. They moved Stutzman back over to the mic and put Lewis at the wheel. I think that's what we're going to see. And Stutzman plays better at the wheel, which he did for the majority of the season with Canick, but mm-hmm. Canick Kind of fell apart mid-season, so did well, he, start, did he to get start better the game, to start? I mean, they've they've got they've Danny got and da- Danny and Kanick yeah. listed this, as the. Has Kanick gotten that much better in the last thirty days? I mean, I hope so. Well, there's also something I can't speak to. I don't have this level of expertise or depth, and don't watch that much film to say I don't know where they stack up. Well, there may be a matchup that it, it's more attractive for one versus the other. No, and something they're trying to do. So they're saying, well, yeah, we're we're going to run Canick and and Stutz, and this is why we we this is the the type of coverage we're going to have. This is the type of pursuit we're going to have, and these are the blitz packages we're going to use, and it's going to work. It's either going to work or not going to work, but this is the the scheme. This is the strategy, and that that may you know sometimes that's what it comes down to is we drew up a strategy and it worked or it didn't work. Do we have a full defensive line? Is Lalu playing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so defensive line, as it stacks up, you've got... Uh, everybody's back then. Yeah, everybody's back. I mean, we've got Bothroyd, Lacey, Coe, and Downs as your starters. I mean, that's, that's great. And it, interestingly enough, there. we've got Desan, uh we've got McCullough listed as the starter at Cheetah instead of Dolby. So they just sure. they switch him in and out based on running past them. Right, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, there'll, there'll be a lot of fluidity. We there. saw a lot of Dolby starting though, regardless late in the season. I yeah, mean, start or not, I think you're going to see probably a lot of both of them throughout the game. Yeah. Just back and forth. If it's a passing down, Dolby's in there. Well, yeah, Desan works really well with a mobile quarterback as well. I would say. I mean, if if this kid's used to getting outside the pocket and using his yeah. legs, that's the guy that can chase you down. Yeah. So we'll see. But anyways, I'm excited for it. I mean, like I said earlier, Arizona on paper or maybe just face value doesn't do a lot, but it's a good team and it's an opportunity for Jackson Arnold as a as a first time starter to to get some good reps in. And it's a just a great not only a, a bookend to this season but a launch point into next. And it needs to be that. Yeah, um, it does. We need to treat it as such. And from everything I've seen, it looks like the coaching staff and, and everyone on the team is bought in to do exactly that. And I think they've got Pearson starting as, as they do. other safety. They do. But if Bowen is healthy with this month layoff, I think we see more of him, especially with Pearson going to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Well, going draft eligible. <laughs> yeah, draft eligible. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would expect to see a lot of Peyton Bowen out there. I would expect so, too. Because them two, Bowen and Bowman together, and could be unreal. He's the build for the future, yeah. for sure. And give, give him some, some good, uh, good reps in a in a competitive situation, I think they're going to look at that as one where they would look to, that's a win-win. It's like, I can get a guy good reps, and he can be competitive for me. It's not just practice yeah. here. He can help me win. Well, I, I look forward to, and this is my hope, I want to see us where I'm excited about us getting the ball offensively. It's been quite yeah. a few years before I've, since I've been really excited about our offense and thinking, all right, let's go, get, let's go put some points on the board. Um, it's been more of... Oh, can we do it? Take care of business. Punch it in. Just finish. Just I don't want that. I want back to confidence. We're going to score the moxie, the moxie that we had. And, you know, yeah, that's a tall order back in the days of Baker and Kyler. And I'm not saying we're going to walk right into that with Jackson Arnold. But eventually I want to get back to those type of uh, feelings and that type of offense where the confidence is there on that side. And it's been forever since we've had the confidence on defense, and now we do. I felt very confident about our defense uh, for the first time this season in years and years and years. We saw glimpses last year, but obviously that faded as time went on. I really feel like we can we can make plays and do what we need to do defensively. Can we finish offensively? And if so, we may have a score like mine or something where we're really taking care of business and we put them away. Well, that's and that's I was just about to say that is. So much of our offense the past few years has just been a necessity to have to score when you have the ball. And, of course, you want to go score every possession, et cetera, but we're having to score to make sure we're, we're staying in the game. And it's exhausting and it's painful because you look at productive years, even, even last year and, and at times this year, where it doesn't feel productive because we're not putting teams away, mm-hmm. regardless of the scoreline. So, um, you know, we'll have 40-plus points on the board, but we're only up by two or three, and, oh, they're getting the ball back, and I don't have a lot of confidence that they're not going to score, so we have to go score. So I want to – it's been so long, Steve, to exactly what you said, where we've been able to just be comfortable on offense. I mean, our last two home games, we scored 59 and 69, respectively. Now we had 31 against BYU. But we also in conditions, and we lost our starter. Well, and all the that. conditions were horrific with the grass. So yeah, that really hurt. And then obviously Jackson Arnold coming in cold. Um, but that's a lot of points to score it against is. West Virginia and TCU. TCU. So I mean, is Arizona's defense better than those two teams? I don't know. If they're not, and we can put up forties, then we should run away with this game. I think at the end of the day, going into next season, you're going to see one of two narratives depending on the outcome of the game. Other things could happen, but these are the two most likely. Either the story is Arizona, a team to be reckoned with in the Big 12, they beat Oklahoma, who's now in the SEC. Or it's going to be OU, man, they, they're, they're coming on strong, first year in the SEC, let's see what they can do. Yeah, they were 11-2, and but they only beat Arizona in the ballgame. So 
we'll see. We'll see which one of those two dominates. If it's one of those two, um, I'm I'm pretty hopeful. I'm I'm kind of getting excited about it. It is definitely. I don't want to say it's a no lose situation because you can lose and you can lose lose. But I'm I'm pretty optimistic that it's going to be a nice catapult of what the future is going to bring, and not just a reset after what would have been just. I mean, honestly, with Dylan Gabriel, uh, a swan song. This is going to be the next step in what is awesome for OU making the leap to the SEC next season. Well, we'll be here. Actually, we'll be there doing the yep. post game late, late, late at night yeah. and getting it out. Um, Who scheduled this A15? No kidding. Although it worked out good for us, we couldn't have done it. <laughs> it I mean, if it, was, if it was seven, we still could have done it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can get it to move up. Can you make oh, a phone man. call? I wish. You know, you know people. You, yeah, you know people. What is the opposite of calling in a bomb threat? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well we, if it was an outdoor stadium <laughs> and some crazy weather was going to come in at there you 11 go. o'clock, they'd, they'd accelerate the game. then they would move the game there up. There you go. But it's an indoor stadium, so I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. Call <laughs> well, well, until then, Boomer, Sooner. sooner.